0: This is the sermon from Rev. Dr. Bob John,
1: pastor of Aldersgate United Methodist Church in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. We hope you are blessed with this message today. If you are seeking a church family, we are located at 242 Boston Road. Our worship services are at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sundays. May God bless you and your family this day and give you peace.
0: God is good, all the time, and all the time. God is good. Please rise if you are able as we listen to this morning's <clears throat> reading from the gospel from the 25th chapter of Matthew. And when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. And then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it not just as you did not do it to one of the least of these you did not do it to me and these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life this is the word of god for the people of god
1: Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be accepted in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Um, about 20 years ago, I was spending some, spending some time uh, in the Philippines studying English. One day, I was told that there is a sauna with a big hot tub and I was thrilled to hear that because that was where I used to go as a kid in Korea you know the parsonage that I grew up it did not have a bathroom inside the house so um, we had to go to the church to use the bathroom and you know of course there was no shower so uh, every Saturday was a day that all my family went to the uh, the public bathtub bath which was the section. There's a section for women's section, the section for men. and this is a, a cultural shock to you, so please bear with me this morning. Um, and the, we all got naked. That's how we did our you know, bath when I was a kid. Uh, so when I heard about this public bathtub in the Philippines, I was so happy to hear that. And I went there, I took off all my clothes and opened the door to find that there, everyone was wearing swimming pants. <laughs> and there were a couple of like a female workers picking up the like a trashes, and oh, like a lot of shame and embarrassment like standing in front of all those people, just naked by myself. You know, the Bible tells us that when God created Adam and Eve, they did not realize that they were naked. There was no shame, no guilt, and no embarrassment. When they disobeyed the word of God, you know, they ate from the tree of knowledge. Um, they realized that they were naked. When they heard the sound of God walking in the garden, you know, they felt ashamed and hid themselves. And God called to them, Adam and Eve, where are you? Well, we heard the sound of you walking in the garden, so we are afraid because we are afraid. And God asked them, Who told you? Do you need you're naked? Eve is whispering to Adam, Adam, what should we do? Adam proudly said, Sweetheart, don't worry, I'll take care of this. And he says, The woman you gave me is my wife, she did this to me. From time to time, Jesus' words make us feel vulnerable, judged, or even naked. In the previous conversation with his disciples, Jesus told them what the kingdom of God would be like. The bridemaids took their lambs and went out to meet with the bridegroom in the middle of the night. Five of them brought their lambs, but forgot to bring out the oil with them. The other five brought both their lambs and oil, and they were able to join their bridegroom at the wedding banquet. In another parable, a man was about to go on a journey, so he summoned his servants and gave them five and two and one talent. The first two servants multiplied their entrusted talents, while the last one buried under the ground and was eventually thrown out of his master's house. And Jesus' parables indicate that there will be some who will be welcomed into the kingdom of God and, and some who will not be. There are 5 bridesmaids who joined the, the banquet with the groom and the other five are kept outside. The two servants of this master, they, they sit in the high place with the, the master and join the banquet, but the last one, he's uh, he kept outside. And in our readings from today, Jesus tells his disciples, "Ah, people, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, and he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he'll put the sheep at his right hand and, and the goats at the left. In this apocalyptic scene described by Jesus, people will stand before God feeling vulnerable. And even naked. Now, the question is, how are they divided? Well, some people, some Christians will say, you know, have you been saved? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord? Of course, as Methodists, we also believe that we are not saved by our works, but we are saved by our faith in Christ. As Martin Luther famously claimed, only by faith. However, in this reading, Jesus, he says, when all the nations are gathered before the throne of the Lamb, he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats at the left. The king will look at the sheep on the right hand. and says, Come, you there are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. And the righteous will ask, Lord, when did we see you hungry and gave you food? So you thirsty and gave you water. When did we see you a stranger, welcomed you naked and gave you clothing? When did we see you in prison I went to see you there. And Jesus says, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. I find the words of Jesus honestly a little troublesome because many of us do not see Jesus in somebody who is poor who is naked, who is hungry, who is sick, or who is imprisoned. Yes, probably will say, Lord, just stay on the high throne with the crown in your head. We want you as our king with all the power and might and knowledge and all the wealth, and you are ready to bless all your people just the same thing. But that is not where Jesus stays. Instead, he calls the poor, and the hungry, and the lonely that these are my brothers and sisters. And anything you did to them, you did it to me. He's a king of the poor. There was a young man who used to come to uh, my former church pretty much every day. He did not come to the church on Sunday morning, but he came to the church building because he was seeking some help, like food and clothing. This young man lost his uh, mother to a car accident while he was a high school student. And his father, full of grief and loss, got into drugs, eventually making his son also a drug addict. So this young man and his father, uh, they were homeless, they were living in a tent near Walmart. And from time to time, I saw his picture in the local newspaper because he was arrested for trespassing in a local shop and because he had a history of shoplifting, he had a restraining, restraining order for most of the shops in the town and sometimes he, he was arrested for possessing illegal drugs and he often came to the soup kitchen late and he missed the meal so he would call me my phone and ask me if I could come over and and give him some food. I sighed thinking I'm sure that he woke up this morning late high as cloud in the sky and missed the meal at the soup kitchen out, grumble, and, and get out of the the house, and and gave some uh, chicken and chips and the, the bottle of soda. Sometimes he would need to go to an office to get his food stamps, which was like 40 minutes away from our town, and he needed a ride, so he asked me to go with him. On a time he was arrested and he was to appear before the judge and I wrote a letter to the judge explaining his life circumstances, and I waited him in the court for a couple of hours only to hear his judge later telling him, come back next time. I'm going to be honest with you. I was more complaining and grumbling rather than being gracious with this young man. After some time, I did not see him for a while and wondered what had happened to him. And one day his grandmother called me, and she said, My grandson is in prison right now. At least he can get the help that he needed. He needs to become clean and overcome his addictions. But he called me to tell you, Pastor... He thanks you, and he misses you. The whole words blew my mind. All this time, I thought that I was being gracious, maybe just gracious enough to give some charities to this young man, but it was actually him blessing me that everything I did for him, Jesus said to you, to me. You know all the time that I was grumbling, when I gave him ride to go, where, to go where he needed to go and buy some food from the markets, when I heard his grandmother say, "He remembers you and thanks you." I felt like standing ashamed and naked before God who knew my thoughts and my complaints. Although many churches are proud to call themselves a friendly church, a welcoming church, Jesus calls us to seek the strangers and serve them because what we do to them is the same as what we do to our Lord. It is concerned with our salvation. And then we ask, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food? When we saw you thirsty and gave you something to drink? And Jesus says, on the final day, the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. I think that's why we sometimes go on mission trip. We go on mission trip thinking that we go there to help the underprivileged, less fortunate, make a difference in the lives of others. But how, how often do you come back from your mission trip feeling that you are the one transformed by the love, hospitality, and the service from the people you served? that you encountered the soul, the face of Christ as you were serving those people. In my former church, we had a man named Doug, and he was a war veteran. He was drafted to the Vietnam War, and he suffered the PTSD all his life. In his seventies, he was still working for a paper company in the town, and he lived in a small apartment by himself. And Doug was always quiet in the church. But I saw him everywhere. You know, when I told the church, and I told my former congregation that I wanted to start a youth group, Doug emailed me quietly, and he said he volunteered to be a chaperone for the youth group. And every time youth group gathered, he would bake homemade chocolate chip cookie, very hot and sweet. He always brought them to feed the youth. And you know, when the youth group went to um, the rock climbing, he also joined the group and slept on the cold mattress overnight. When the youth girl went to a snow tubing trip, he also joined the trip, jumped into, the, hop into the, the tube and slide down the, the hill along with the other young people. And he was seen not just in church, but also in town, as he drove the, his pickup truck and collected the furniture from people who don't need them anymore, and he brought them to the people who needed them. And he came to the church, the soup kitchen every Friday, and he washed the dishes for people, quietly invisible in the corner of that kitchen. One day, the business association of the town was planning their annual banquet, and they had awards for some uh, business and individuals who were contrib- contributing to the growth and the prosperity of the town. And I guess someone nominated Doug and he became the recipient of the humanitarian award. Several people from the church came to join the dinner. And we were very happy with the nice meals and also you know, we, were, uh, meet, we met some, some important people of the town. The people who were basically were seen as running the town. And during the the award ceremony, the recipients came forward and they shared the words of gratitude, making some nice speeches. When Doug was called, he went up the stage. We were all hoping to hear his wonderful speech, how grateful he was, and at least to be acknowledged by the people in the town. And he got off the stage, received the trophy. He stood at the microphone and he said, thank you, and that was it. <laughs> and that was it for dog. But what I saw that, that evening was someone was like Christ-like. his humility always serving the poor, the hungry and thirsty and visiting the lowly. And Jesus says the things you did to the least of this brothers and sisters of mine you did it to me. Jesus the king of the universe, and Paul says in Colossians that all things have been created through him and for him, but this king that we worship is born in a humble manger. He was born as the son of a carpenter and lived among the poor, hungry, thirsty, and disinherited. And he called them the brothers and sisters of his. While many people yearn to climb up higher and higher today. Our king, he goes lower in humility. was calling all of us to follow him.
0: Amen.